Hello and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy, and what a delight to be with you all once again on this Friday, February 19th of 2021. And as always, we'd like to welcome all of our listeners, all of you that are tuning in uh, on this podcast. We thank you for uh, taking out of your time to uh, share this study, to share the Word of God together. If there's ever, is there ever a time where where the body of Christ comes together? I believe it is in these times, and this is where we are searching our hearts' hunger for what God is saying in this hour. So we're delighted to go uh, to get into the Word today. Joining me in in our panel is uh, Brother Fernando. Um, how are you doing, Brother Fernando? Today, how are you feeling this Friday? <laughs> Doing well. Awesome. Uh, come to the end of the week, um, going into the weekend. But uh, I believe that uh, the Lord wants to speak to us, encourage us, and uh, we're happy that you're uh, tuning into this podcast, as always. Amen. As as um, once again, our, our brother Marty is not with us today, but we are looking forward to having him uh, in our podcast again very soon. But uh, as always, he has missed uh, in in our midst, but he is with us. And if you're listening, Brother Marty, we love you, and uh, we're praying uh, for one another. Praise the Lord. Today, I have the the privilege to and the responsibility to bring uh, the Word of God today on this Friday. You know, and as I was meditating in the Word of God, you know, this is Friday. We're going into the weekend, and and really what. What God has placed in my heart is to simply just 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 share my heart concerning uh the things that God has been speaking to us, and really God has been speaking to us in 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 a manifold way, but it seems that the last few weeks the theme has been going back to the exodus, going back to the first exodus, and God has been showing us um I knew a few weeks ago. Uh, in one of our podcasts, Brother Marty uh, ministered on the second exodus, which is the one that we await, and how important it is right. to look to the first exodus in order, in, in, in order to understand what's going to take place in our time. And, and I don't think it's a coincidence, Brother Fernando, that you've been in, in the book of Matthew. And even in, in the book of Matthew, as we specifically been studying chapter four and in, 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 in the end of chapter three when when Jesus is uh is is taken is is taken to the wilderness to be tempted. And even there we have seen the correlation, right, and the parallels of something that took place in the first Exodus. So I don't think it's a it's it's a coincidence that we've been there. You know, I was thinking about it, Brother Fernando, that about a year ago uh, as we're right now in February and we are running right in, we're literally about a week, just a couple of days to, uh, from March. And it was in, in, in last year in the month of March, about the middle of March, where the Lord impressed and put upon our hearts, Brother Marty, yourself and, and myself to, uh, to just, to just speak, uh, on what was taking place. Remember the, uh, the coronavirus had hit our nation. And I don't know if right. you remember, but uh, it, it was in those times the the a lot of the prophets or the so-called you know prophets of God were declaring that this this coronavirus was going to leave us, and they were rebuking it, and they and they this is of the devil. Uh, America is going to be restored, and, and even our our president of that time said he thought that by the by Passover or by Easter this would be all done uh, done and done away with. But it's interesting that the Lord gave us a word, and it's interesting that a year ago we began our podcast studying and looking into the story of the first exodus. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's very interesting that as we are about to have a, a year of these podcasts of going before the people, God has us again in this. And we were what we were able to see in, in 2020 as the Lord began to show us is that something took place in the book of Exodus that speaks about, about what is taking place and what is about to take place 
in this hour. So today I, I just want to take a few moments to, to analyze everything that been, has been said in the last few weeks. I mean, we, we've been talking about the story of Exodus. You know, uh, we've been studying from 1 Corinthians, and that's what we're going to go to today, uh, if you can, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. But, you know, what I've been sensing uh, is that God has been telling us to look at this story because there's much to learn from it. You know, as you broke it down in the last week about the learning, even from the crossing of the Red Sea, you know, where, where, where Paul speaks about a baptism into Moses, right? Baptized into mm-hmm. the Red Sea. Seeing the correlations of, you know, you spoke about, as, as you spoke about the, the temptation of Jesus Christ, the spirit taking him into the wilderness, we were able to go back, right, and see Israel's wilderness experience. And what we saw there is that they failed as a whole. They failed. And what we see in right. the example of Jesus is that he was able to conquer this. Amen? And so we've been discussing for the last few weeks and and really putting an expectation in the people today, you that are listening, that there is a second exodus that awaits us. And in order to learn and understand our own exodus, I believe the Bible is teaching us, look, to the first exodus. And that's where we've been. And and that's why I want to speak to you just for, for a few minutes, share my heart and and what I believe God is, is wanting us. I want to hammer down some things that I believe that that God would want us to know as we go into the week and things that we can ponder, things that we can reflect on. Because it's not just what we do here in this podcast, study and go deep into the word, but you know, we, we hope that the word will cause you to meditate and ponder on the things that we are speaking about. And I think the question has to be asked, why have we been the last few weeks, really the whole year, why have we been yeah. camping around the story of Exodus? Why does God have us parked here? I mean, even the other day when we were studying, Brother Fernando, the book of Hebrew, <laughs> in chapter 3 and 4, what does the Lord do? What is the author of that book, which we believe is, is Paul? He takes us back to the Exodus. <laughs> so it just right. seems like this has been the theme, right? Go ahead, Brother. No, no, just agreeing with you, it, it seems to be uh, all over Scripture. Um, it was the trigger point, to, like you said, to the commencement of this podcast um you know that we've been doing for close to a year now um so mm-hmm. there's definitely something that the lord is wanting to let us know con- con- concerning the exodus and uh passover yes amen and and you know as as i see it as i see this whole thing that's been un unwrapping in our midst in, in short the exodus of israel is to be seen in some shape or form as a rehearsal or as a template of our exodus. Does that make sense? You know, it, it, mm-hmm. that's, it's a template. It's a rehearsal that we saw there. But, but, but also the things that we can learn from there. It's not just talking about, oh, God's going to come and take us away, so learn from that. Just as God took him out of Egypt, he's going to take us away. Yes, he is. But we also have to be diligent in learning from their mistakes so that we do not do the same thing. And I want you to uh, turn, if you can, if you have your Bibles with you, your app, your Bible. I want you to go with me to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 10 and, and really in these first 11 verses, uh, Paul is telling us a lot. You'll see that he's pointing us to the story of Exodus. But I believe that in verse 1, there's a particular word there that I think sets the tone of what I believe Paul is trying to relate to us. And I want to just take just a few minutes just to 
to share what I, what I believe God is, what I believe the Apostle Paul is telling us in these verses. And the word of the Lord says, moreover, Paul would say in verse 1, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. Let's keep reading all the way to verse 11. And were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Look what he says. They even all ate the same spiritual meat. They did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of the spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. But I think in verse 5 we find the answer to what he's telling us when he says, do not be ignorant. He's, when he reveals this, he says, but even though all of this happened, they all ate of the same bread, he says, but with many of them, God was not well pleased. For they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now, these things were our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things, as they also lusted, neither be idolaters, as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed and fell on in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye, as some of them were also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Paul says, now all these things happen unto them, or in samples, and they are written for our admonition. Admonition, that means a slight rebuke. Upon whom the ends of the world are come. And I think as, as, as I was studying and meditating and, and processing uh the things that Paul said, I believe the Lord, through the Apostle Paul, when he speaks about brethren, he says, I would not that you be ignorant. This is a very strong word. This is a very strong word. The word ignorant is a strong word. It is, um, and I believe that what Paul is wanting to describe is the very seriousness and urgency of what he's about to point us to. This is not, you know, uh, a Paul just coming to us and saying, you know, look to the book of, book of Exodus and, you know, and, and you know, because God is going to bring us out just like he did. And, and yes, that has to do with it. But the fact that he uses the word ignorant, there, there's something in it that he wants to tell us. There's something there that, that I believe that God wants to tell us today. Because as he tells the brethren, do not be ignorant of what? Of how your fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. He's not telling them do not be ignorant because they did not know about the story. Remember in the book of Exodus, in Exodus, I believe in chapter 13, where Moses would tell the people that they were to 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 keep in remembrance and tell their children all the things that God had done. Moses was to tell his, he told the people, tell your children and your children's children of how God took you out of Egypt, how God brought you out. But the reason why he says do not be ignorant because I think they had in many ways, forgotten not the story, but really how God brought him out and why he brought him out. And not just that, to point to the mistakes of their fathers so that they would not make the same mistakes. There's an interesting conversation that Jesus has in John chapter 6, if you, want to, if you can go there with me, in verse 26, 
And it's interesting that uh, what God points him to, <laughs> Jesus would tell him, I am the bread of life. But what you will see here is that Jesus is rebuking them for how they perceive their exodus and what took place there. Now watch this. In verse 26, Jesus answered them and said, I'm going to be reading from verse 26 of John chapter 6 to verse 35. He would say, Verily, verily, I say unto you, you seek me not because ye saw the miracles. You seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat bread of the loaves and were filled. And he tells them, labor not for the meat which perishes, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed. Look at what they said to him. Then they said unto him, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said, this is the work of God, that you believe on him in whom he has sent. The problem in, in the book of Exodus, the people was what? Their unbelief. Their, refuse, their refusal to understand that God wanted to be their everything. From the manna that they ate, manna which means, what is this? It was a provision that came from heaven, church, brothers and sisters. And right. what did they do? They got tired of the manna. And so first he addresses their unbelief. He says, this is the work of God, that you believe that I am the Son of God. They said, hmm. They said, therefore unto him, what sign showest thou then? That we may see and believe thee. What does thou work? Look what they said, our fathers. See, they, they understood. They knew that story. Our fathers did eat manna in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. So when Paul is saying, do not be ignorant, it's not that this, not because they had forgotten or didn't know about the story, but he is wanting to point to something else. And what we see first, he is pointing them first to their unbelief. Look how Jesus answers in verse 32. Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh, which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. And then they said unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. You see, as Paul is telling them, do not be ignorant, he is really telling them, I don't want to, I don't want you to be ignorant. He is wanting I believe, to reveal something deeper. And his intent is for, for the reader to understand why he is pointing us to the story of the first exodus. And I believe that one of the things that he's telling them is, you got to see the bigger picture. You say that you ate the manna, your fathers ate of the manna from from. Uh, the, the manna in the wilderness from Moses, but it wasn't Moses who gave it to you. It's that 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 bread was really was really a spiritual bread. That bread was a type of myself. I am the bread of life. He would tell them, and I believe by telling them, "Do not be ignorant, brethren." He's saying, "Don't miss the bigger picture." Don't miss it because of your lack of understanding or your lack of information. 
In other words, he's telling them, he's telling the Corinthians there, he says, exercise your mind to comprehend, to consider, to perceive, to understand, to have discernment. Because the exodus that you saw in the that, that you saw from your forefathers was a was a type of what will take place in our days. Can you perceive? He's telling them. Are you able to understand that God is trying to remind us something? God doesn't want us to make the same mistakes that the people of Israel did in the first Exodus. The reason why he's pointing them there is because he wants them to, to, to awaken, to consider, to, to comprehend, to discern. See, that's what's lacking today in many people is discernment. Many Christians today, we find ourselves, and, and I see it, Brother Fernando, that many you know, people have no clue of what is taking place. Our pulpits are not preaching the coming of the Lord. They're not preaching that an exodus is coming. The people are not prepared. You wonder why people are confused? You wonder why you hear, you try to find somewhere, somewhere, somebody preaching the coming of the Lord, and what you hear is, is, is many things but the coming of the Lord. Right. And that's why I believe it's an admonition that he says to himself. He wrote these things for our admonition to remind you, to awaken your senses, to awaken your spirit, church, to let you know that there is something that we can learn from in the book, in, in the story of the Exodus. Mm -hmm. That there is something that you can learn from their deliverance of Egypt. That there is something that you can learn on why they did not immediately go into the promised land, but they had to go through a wilderness. It was necessary. Right. Why did Paul say this? Because and, uh, we are. Go ahead, brother. No, you, you're. I mean, you're in a flow there, but the, the word there, uh, when you study it, um, where, where he's admonishing, right? The, he's speaking about the ignorance. It really means through lack of information. And, yeah. and you said it there earlier. It, it's why why do why don't the people of God have this information? Why? Are they not taught this way concerning the Exodus as being a prime example of what not to do, right? And and, and a preparation for our Exodus in these end times. The, the coming of the Lord is not being preached. You know, we speak right. of the coming of the Lord. We call it an Exodus. It, it, that's what it is, a type of, but it's really the coming of the Lord, right? It, it, the lack of information on preaching of the coming of the Lord. And also, it implies that uh, there's a lack of intelligence or the ability to properly discern scripture um, prophetically. The testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. Um, and again, yeah. and Brother Marty spoke about this uh, a couple weeks ago, that uh, it, is an impartation, it is an impartation of God to be able to delve into these depths of prophecy and understanding where we gain this intelligence right uh it's really really the wisdom of god uh it is the knowledge of his will right so it again it the reason is because there is a lack in the body of christ um and, and the body of christ is not properly trained so that's that's what the apostle paul is really uh speaking to the church of corinth about it's 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 a, a, a light rebuke um yeah. but you know of, of the ignorance Yes, yes, and, and and let me let me delve in a little bit more in what you're saying because in that phrase when he tells when he says brethren I would not that you should be ignorant it also he's also telling them because you 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 pose the question why is there such a lack of of understanding or or there's an you know to be an you know, an intelligence or an 
to understand this. Why? Why? Number one, when he says that, do not be ignorant, brethren, he's telling them, don't ignore. Now, let me say this first. We need to know the whole story as a whole, right? Of course. But also, we have to understand the details of what happened in the story of Exodus. And I believe that, you know, that's why when you see Paul saying, remember your fathers were in the cloud, that's a detail. That's a hint. Those, when they passed through the sea, that's another hint. They were all baptized in unto Moses. That's another hint. For example, that, that terminology he uses, uh, baptized into Moses, the same terminology that he uses in Romans chapter 6, verse uh, 1 through 5, when he speaks that we are baptized into Christ Jesus. Hint. When he says, "Don't," uh, they all drank from uh, from the same. They all drank from the same drink. They all ate the same spiritual bread. They all drank from the rock that was Jesus. These are all clues and specific details that Paul is giving us for us to consider, because in them right. is yes, it's the provision of God and the the power of God. But in it, we also see the stubbornness and the unbelief and the disobedience of God's people. Don't ignore the details of what happened in the story of Exodus. And why? Why why was there a lack of understanding of the people? Before, you know, and there's a part of it, you know, it's the pulpit, it's the preacher, but also we have a responsibility and a fault in it because there is a what we see as we see in, in like we see types of it in the in the book in the uh, of, of corinthians and we can compare that to the church today as a whole there is a reluctance and an unwillingness and the believer to dig deep in the word of god we kind of you know, we've gotten used to just reading our our the verse of the day, right? <laughs> right. To read my chapter a day, right? Um, to read my Bible, uh, uh, you know, and 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 and, and read it, and, but we don't take time to process and to study the Word of God. A few weeks ago, when when Brother Marty was teaching on the Book of Revelation in chapter one. <clears throat> When he spoke, uh, let's go there. In Revelation uh, chapter 1, in verse 3, you know, one of his, one of the podcasts we had is when we, he dealt with, blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this, look what it calls it, prophecy, and keep those right. things what are, that are written therefore. Why? For the time is at hand. And what he was speaking about is the quality of believer that it's going to take in this hour to search the scriptures that you, as you said, you cannot even do it without God's permission. But what we have to understand, this is contrary to what is taught today. We are telling you it's going to take some discipline and effort to dig deep into the word of God. Yes, you heard me right. That is the very opposite that they tell us today. They tell us it's not how much you read your Bible. It's not how much you pray. And yes, right. all of that in context is, is, is correct, and it's correct context. There's nothing that you can do to earn your salvation. But don't think for a moment that, call, that God calls lazy Christians. <laughs> this is the quality and this is what it's going to take. He, he, he's given us the clues there. That's what I believe Paul is doing is to, to, to entice us by the Holy Spirit to look deeper into what God is saying because he's trying to warn us so that we do not do the same in this hour. I remember a month, a month ago or two when we studied the book of Daniel and and, and in chapter 10, when, when Daniel began to get visions, Daniel didn't just get the vision and just said, okay, man, I got the vision. No, the Bible says that Daniel, Daniel, when he got the vision, Daniel proceeded to set his heart to understand these things. That's amazing. 
This is the quality that we, we need in this hour. And I want to encourage you, you that are listening, don't just take our word for it. Inquire of God. Right. Dig deep into these clues, into these things that God has given us for us, for our admonitions to go and, 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 and have this understanding. This understanding that Daniel spoke about that will come to an end time generation. It's not an understanding that is coming to those that are that 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 are still, you know, uh <laughs> that that are in the same places, listening to the same sermons, the same preachers. No, get away from that. God is doing something fresh and new. He is wanting to reveal his word, what was sealed. Hallelujah. What was sealed in the days of Daniel, that not even Daniel, he said, I have reserved it for an end time generation. He would, he would say, God would tell Daniel, go that way for the words are closed up and sealed to what? Until the time of the end. Where are we? In God's calendar, where are we, church? You that have been with us faithfully, we thank you that have been hearing. I think by now you understand that we are declaring unto you that we believe that we have entered the end of time. And we must set our ears and our, and, and our hearts to understand and to know these things. The reason why there is a lack also of understanding of these things it's because there's also a reluctance and unwillingness to dig deep in many believers. But I want to encourage you. This is the time where God, he is looking, he is searching. Those of you that are being made white, those of you that are being made pure, those of you that find yourself in trials right now, it is you. God is beckoning you and calling you and saying, look, because this is about to take place. This is where we are heading. You know, the last thing I want to say about this phrase that Paul uses when he says, I would not that you should be ignorant. You know, that word ignorant also means to err or sin through mistake. I want you to think about that for a moment. In other words, Paul is saying, look into the story of Exodus that you will not err or sin like your fathers did. Why is that so crucial? Why is he telling us don't be ignorant? Because you know what? Because at the end, and he tells us here, at the end in verse 5 when he says, but with many of them, and that word many means most of them, of them God was not well pleased for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Right. All the people that were delivered from Egypt all perished in the wilderness with the exception of Joshua and Caleb and the children and their children that were under 20 years old. And what I want to relate to you is to understand that everything we've been saying in this few weeks, it's a warning that God is giving us to look deep, to look deeper. These are insights into the Exodus. That yes, while and when we read the story, we see the power of God being displayed. It is also meant to give us insight into our brothers and sisters' failures. And that's why I believe that when Paul speaks to us, when Paul says in this first verse, what Paul is telling us in these first four verses, and, and he tells us, do not be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the clouds. And they all passed through the sea. And they were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual meat. They all drank the same spiritual drink. And they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Jesus. Paul is saying, don't let the same happen to you. And what's incredible about this is that he's telling us, listen, 
They, no one had an excuse. They all ate from the same manner. They all walked through the Red Sea. They were all baptized into it. They were all, they were, they all went through it. Yes, they went into the wilderness, but there was a cloud by night and by day with them. But yet, even they, even though they saw all these things and they experienced the power of God in this manner, yet the Bible says it's incredible what Paul says. But in verse five, but with many of them. God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. They were overthrown in the wilderness. I think it's I think it's very interesting and amazing, Brother Fernando, that they were delivered from Egypt. But notice, they did not automatically enter into the promised land. Right? In other words, they didn't get out of Egypt and just went into the promised lands. What do we see in the middle? There was a wilderness mm -hmm. in between. Between the promised land and Egypt stood a wilderness. And as you have laid out this whole week, uh, in the last few weeks, Brother Fernando, a wilderness that represents a testing, a trial one must go through, including Jesus Christ, the Son of God himself, as we studied this right. week. He went through this. How much more us? That's why this, and, and I'm not going to speak about this because, uh, you know, we, we've said it, but, you know, th that, that's the problem with, with this, with, with many who believe this this doctrine of, of a pre-tribulation rapture, as if God is just going to take us away. We're trying to skip the wilderness, and God is saying, no, there's an hour of temptation coming, an hour of trial for the church, because that's what I'm going to use to purify my church. They did not automatically enter the promised land. There was a wilderness. And, and, and it's powerful what Paul is telling me, because he says, yet with many of them, they were overthrown, listen, in the wilderness. The NIV says it this way. He says, the bodies, their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. One by one. Brothers and sisters, you that are listening, friends. He's telling us one by one. One by one perished in the wilderness telling us that they, they did not enter the promised land. That is something very fearful to speak about at this hour, to think about. Right. I believe God is, is telling us something. These same people that were delivered from Egypt, the same people that God took out, that God had made a promise that they would enter, that they were going to a promised land, but it's in the wilderness. They perished. Why did they perish? Because God was not pleased with them. I don't know how I can express this to you that are listening, how crucial, how powerful this is. I know that you're sensing that, that the coming of the Lord is at hand and but, you know, there's just a few more weary days ahead of us, that, but our deliverance from this world is at hand. God is telling us, be careful. Don't allow unbelief to come in you. Be careful. Don't tempt God. Trust him. He doesn't want no one to perish, as many did in the wilderness, my brother. And let me tell you something, a wilderness is upon us. A wilderness that, that typifies trial and tribulation that is coming. What's ahead of us, it is a trial of our faith. And the reason why we are being challenged to look into these stories, to study the exodus, because it's in this that 
that, that God will speak to us because, see, we are going to need a firm conviction in this hour. See, that was the problem with, with the people of Egypt. God took them out of Egypt, but, but, but to most of them, Egypt was not taken out of their heart yet. They relinquished a lot of things, but yet they kept many things. And, and any, every time they would go and murmur against Moses, they were really murmuring against God, they would always bring up their times in Egypt. Didn't we tell you? Remember when they were stuck in, 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 between the Red Sea and the, and the army of Egypt was coming of Pharaoh? And they said, didn't we tell you, leave us there? We had our graves there? When they crossed the Red Sea, what did they do? They said, don't you remember? We remember when we had our delicious garlic and leeks and, 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 and fish and these things in Egypt, and you brought us here to die of hunger? There are things in our hearts that we need to let go of because they will hinder they will hinder our, our, our walk. They will hinder us in this wilderness experience to the point that as the people of Israel, that many, even elect people, will perish in the wilderness. God is telling you, I don't want you to be one of them. Do we truly have a conviction? Do you truly believe, not just that we are in the last days, but what are we doing? Are we drawing closer to God in this hour? Hebrews 3.14 would say, for we are made partakers of Christ. But he says this, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. In other words, if we hold to our original conviction firmly until the very end end I want to encourage you today verse 6 and verse 7 and verse 8 and 9 10 he we you know we're not going to get into it because it would take hours to begin to break down but we see five things where it talks about lust they began to lust after evil things they they fell into idolatry and fornication. They tempted Christ and murmured. And all of these have, have, have very powerful meanings if you study them. But I want to go directly into verse 11. As we get ready to close, all these things happen unto them, the Bible says. For examples. And they are written, he says, for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. That's very powerful. This declaration that 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 Paul makes that all these things happen for our examples, for our admin admonition. Then he says this: upon whom the ends of the world are come. In other words, upon whom the culmination of all things has come. I want you to think of that for a moment. He's saying, look at these as examples. They are written for, for our admonition. And again, what I said earlier on, the failure of the church, of the establishment in these days, is that we have failed to prepare the people for the coming of our Lord. To have an expectation that Jesus Christ is coming. To warn and tell the people, yes, as there was a first exodus, there was an exodus, a second exodus that awaits us. Isn't that what John said, that this hope purifies us? You would think by now all these false prophets that said so-and-so was going to win, that this virus was going to, COVID virus was going to, this plague was going to leave us, and, and they've all have been, have been, uh, have been um, they've all have been discovered to be liars. 
You think they would repent? No. They're doubling down. They are doubling down and saying, no, revival is coming back to America. No, we're going to wait another four years and, 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 and Trump will be back or so forth and blah, blah, blah. But what I'm trying to tell you, again, they are not creating as a whole an expectation in the people of God for the coming of the Lord. And we wonder why the church is in the condition that we're in. Mm-hmm. And, and we see why the church says that many shall be deceived. If you don't have a hope and expectation, if we have made ourselves too comfortable in this world, that's our problem. God never told us in his word, root yourself in this world. He always said, you are a pilgrim. He said, you are in this world, but you are not of this world. There is a true hope that is living, hallelujah. And those that are looking for a city, More than ever, this is what we got to breathe every moment of the day, day and night, thinking on him. If God is really speaking to us, you, you, you'll see that he's taking us and, and everything is making sense, the puzzle, the unfolding plan of God. We understand that there is an exodus, there, that the coming of the Lord is near, but there is still one more battle with the devil. There's still one more wilderness that we got to cross. A Gethsemane. That's why we find so many people in the body of Christ. Church, brothers, sisters, friends. They're unprepared. There's no expectation. Some even know that Jesus is coming, but they don't know what to do in this hour. But Paul says, these things happen unto them for examples. They have been written for our admonition. Admonition is to call to attention by by mild rebuke or or or, or a warning. I tell you today as we get ready to close. The ends of the world, he says, upon whom the ends of the world are come. I'm here to declare to you the end, the beginning of the end has come upon us. The beginning of the end has come upon our generation. The beginning of the end has come upon our time. We are heading into the culmination of time. The final frontier. The last mile of the race. That's why Paul says, look into these things as, as these days approach. Don't be get don't get caught off guard. Don't be caught sleeping. Don't be ignorant of these things. Dig deep. God is telling us He's preparing His church. He's preparing His bride in this hour. That's why He says in verse 12 that let him that thinketh that he standeth. Those who think that are uh, that are too confident that he's standing, he said, be careful. Take heed, lest ye fall. What a warning Paul is giving us, church. And I want to encourage you today. The reason why we've been harping on these podcasts over and over is because of the urgency of the matter. It's because God does not want no one to perish. He wants us to see, yes, to see his power and that he's going to bring us through because he is. Rest assured, if your trust is in him, he will bring us through, but also to learn from the failures of our fathers. God wants to awaken your spirit, awaken your heart, 
to understand that time has come. Exodus is on the horizon. Jesus Christ is coming again. As you go into this week, and I pray that you can ponder and think on these things. We pray that the Lord can encourage you. We pray that God will will, will take you and that when you read these stories, the exodus, the temptation of Jesus, uh, you know, and all these things that we see in the Bible, don't read them just like you normally do, but read them with this understanding. Seek in your heart, purpose in your heart to find Jesus in the scriptures. To find Jesus in all that you see in you, and he shall be found. That's what I had today, Brother Fernando. I just wanted to encourage the people today to look at these things in a way perhaps we have never considered. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, it's been a short uh, podcast today, but we just wanted to encourage you today and ask you to continue to pray that God will continue to give us utterance in this time to bring the word forward, especially in such a time like this. We want you to know that you are in our prayers, that we pray for each and every one of you every time we can remember lift up we lift up your families and we pray that all of us together can continue looking up we love you with all our hearts we look forward to being with you this coming monday lord willing meanwhile may the lord bless you may the lord keep you and as always keep looking up <laughs>